Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app and answer a few questions. With Angie, you can book instantly at an upfront price or request and compare quotes from multiple pros so you can find the best price for your project. So the next time you have a home project, just Angie that and start getting the most out of your home. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hi, I'm Megan Segura. And I'm Eric J. Mack. And this is The Daily Dish, Bravo's official podcast. So Megan, is there any big news we should talk about today? Oh, gosh. It was something. Maybe. uh, Oh, I think I know. What? We're going to be at BravoCon. (laughs) Yes, that's what it was. So on Saturday, November 16th at 630, we're going to be at the Skylight Modern. We're going to be taking the stage with Kenya Moore. Melissa Gorga, and Portia Williams. And so in order for us to prep for this live show, we want to know the questions you guys want us to ask. We really need your help. If there are burning questions for Portia, Kenya, or Melissa, send us a DM at Bravo Daily Dish. You can message me or Megan on Instagram too. You guys know where to find us. We are so excited. And in case you don't already, it's Eric J. Mack and Meg Segura. Just be sure to use the hashtag Bravo Daily Dish so we can find your questions. And we can't wait to meet you in New York City. Oh my God. Okay, other than that, what are we talking about today? Well, we have Real Housewives of Dallas, (gasps) the continuation of Leanne's wedding. Mm -hmm. Real Housewives of New Jersey premiere, and then the Real Housewives of Atlanta premiere. A double premiere week. Woo! We are blessed. Plus, we have interviews with Toya Bush-Harris from Married to Medicine and Bronwyn Windenberg from Real Housewives of Orange County. So Real Housewives of New Jersey. Oh, my God. I thought of you instantly because we see Marlene pretty <laughs> early on in the episode. Yep. And I know you love Marlene. My first note is the epic return of Marlene. Yes. Which, like, she is just a dream. Like, I, I think she is so charming and so funny. And I just love her relationship with Margaret. They get along so well in a way that it feels like they're family. Yes. I want my own Marlene. One day, I think you could have one. I'll probably end up being your Marlene. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I feel like Margaret needs to bring her in one of the times she comes in for an interview. We need to we need to let her know that. That's true. She deserves her own interview segment of full. Marlene, we'll make you a cup of coffee, okay? <laughs> you deserve it. I'm so happy this show is back. And I don't know, were you surprised that we got the exact same lineup of women this season? 
I don't think I was that surprised, honestly. I feel like last season delivered in such an incredible way and having Jennifer and Jackie come in and really shake things up right from the beginning. I mean, thinking back last season, Jackie immediately brought up the like, well, would your husband be in this situation if you could control him? Like, boom, off the bat, going right for Teresa. And then Jennifer with her tequila antics throughout the entire last season. I mean, they earned a season two. Right. Okay, so I feel like we know that Teresa and Jackie ended in a bad spot at the Mm -hmm. end of last season at the reunion, and it seems like still are not good. Yeah, I don't think the two of them are ever going to mesh. I think they're just two very, very different people. Yeah, and it seems like Teresa is more on the Jennifer side of things. And it seems like Jennifer is more on the Teresa side of things with this whole Instagram video. Right, a video of Jennifer making fun of Jackie. Teresa said, make fun of Jackie, and Jennifer goes in. I am saying Jackie. No, define stalk. Okay, define stalk. Well, right, exactly. And so here's the thing about this. Do you feel like it is cyberbullying, as Jackie puts it, Or do you think Jennifer's argument about the, well, you know, you poked fun at me and like the way I am with my kids and you told me to lighten up and like be able to take a joke. She kind of uses that argument to Jackie in the same respect. So what do you think about the whole situation? I think that it's it's funny if Jackie is there in the room laughing. If she's not there at the dinner, it's kind of just being mean. Yeah. Well, and for, you know, it to happen is one thing for it to be documented and posted on Instagram. For everyone to see. Right. It adds a whole other layer to it. I mean, as like Housewives fans, we know that we love when we get those like off season moments where we like get a glimpse into what's going on. And, you know, when you see Teresa posting a video of Jennifer and they're talking about Jackie, you're like, oh, my God, the drama is still carrying on. But for those women involved, it's still kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. The one thing I didn't appreciate about Jackie when she was discussing the situation and the cyberbullying was the sort of attack she made on Teresa and how she kind of passed judgment on Teresa for like being out at dinner and having fun when she should like, quote unquote, be home with her kids Mm. through this whole process. And it's a little bit like this is like the second or third time that Jackie has kind of tried to tell Teresa how she should be dealing with this whole situation. And In this episode in particular, we really see like the kids and Teresa around the table, like discussing what's going on with Joe. And we really get a glimpse into what their lives have been like for not only the last three years, but the last five and more. Teresa, to me, she's broken. She should be home with her children instead of sitting in a restaurant and making fun of me. Okay, I want to talk about the Gia situation because this is the first time that we really understood that the reason Joe voluntarily went into the ICE facility is because Gia said, if you go back to Italy, I will not have a relationship with you. Right. I mean, it's so tough because I see it from both sides. I mean, how can you not? Like Gia wants her dad to be around for these huge events that are happening in her life right now. I mean, she's going to prom, she's graduating, she's going to college. There's all these monumental things that are happening that you want your parents to be there for. But Joe is the one who's been in prison this whole time. And now with this ice facility, which is apparently worse, like that's just, it's a tough position for him to be in. And it's just like, 
a really tragic position for her to be in. Right. I mean, I think the other layer to this is it's not like he's falsely imprisoned type of situation. Like he did right. something wrong. Yeah. So as the daughter, it's like, hey, you're the one that messed up. You have to make it right for your family. Yeah. So we've done a lot of coverage on BravoTV.com about, you know, what Joe's been going through from ICE custody now back to Italy. And there's just been like so much that he's had to go through. But everyone keeps saying like, dude, it is your fault. So like, yeah, it sucks. But you did this to yourself. Right. And really, you know, it comes back to the kids. The kids are the one that are the, the ones that are paying the ultimate price, really. Mm. I also want to know how Gabrielle is doing. I feel like we hear so much from Gia and we hear so much from Melania. Yeah. Gabrielle has always been so quiet. I know. I mean, you wonder if she is maybe someone who internalizes that a lot more. You know, yeah. you see Gia's like a little bit tougher. She's kind of like her mom, you know, and same with Melania. She's very vocal. Like she'll, she'll express her feelings about what's going on and whatever, but you know, not every kid reacts the same way. So it just, it must be really tough as Teresa being the only parent in the home, trying to help all of these kids individually deal with this situation as well. Yeah. It just really drilled at home for me in this episode, watching them sit around and discuss it. Like, mm. it's tough. But on the positive side, they're getting a pool. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, that being said, I if I were Gia, I'd be pissed if they were finally installing a pool, like, as I'm ready to go away to college. Yeah, but she's going to Rutgers. Well, that's true. <laughs> Which is, like, right, right around the corner, no? It's close. I mean, but she's still, like, living in the dorms. That's so, true. you know, like, for, I'd be like, come on, you're doing this now but you know to Teresa's point it's because they've had a really rough couple of years and plus the pool guy hottie he is a former fling in he, a way I thought you were gonna be like he is a jersey 10 <laughs> <laughs> he is a jersey 10 I mean yeah we find out he's a little bit of a former fling of Teresa's but you know I think that was in like high school so yeah it's like there's nothing going on there so basically we get to the uh patient party at the end Jennifer is throwing it for Bill's, you know, five-year anniversary, I think, of opening up his practice or yeah. something like that. Uh, and throughout the whole episode, there's all of this conversation about these rumors that are swirling about Teresa and this supposed affair. But really, it's kind of all based on, like, one picture of her, like, holding a younger guy's hand. Yeah, but that's weird. You're not... Who's out there just holding some guy's hand? Well, I think she makes the point. I don't remember if it's in this episode because I did watch a little bit ahead. But she makes the point that she's like, I'm in a dress. I'm in heels. I was being walked to my car. like, And I'm sure she was like, you know, if he was cute, maybe just giving him a little extra attention. But to like turn that all into this like she's having an affair kind of thing. I get a little it. extreme, right? I get it. Really? I do. Yeah. Because even so... I would grab onto a guy's arm, maybe. I wouldn't grab the hand. The hand. The photo was just really, I don't know. There was something intimate about it. The hand The hand holding does feel a little bit more intimate, I suppose. Well, she's also kind of trying to figure out now who's like spreading these rumors and whether it's like Melissa's letting people talk about it in front of her. So like Melissa should be the one defending her. Like, is it Dolores who's talking about it too? And it's just kind of like. But in my mind, Melissa did. The perfect thing, which is she said to Jackie, I know you have issues with my sister-in-law, but I can't have any of this talk around me. Like, right. I just can't. Yeah, I mean, it's, I feel like Melissa tries to do that pretty often, and very often Teresa 
still gets mad at her just because she's in the presence of those conversations and doesn't really give her credit for being like, I'm not talking about this. I'm not listening to this. Like, she's like, well, you were there. And Melissa's like, well, I know, but I tried to squash it. Like, I did my best. Right. It's just like, I feel like it's always a point of tension for them. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the episode, we get the phone call from Joe where he's been released into ICE custody. Yeah. This is a call from Joe. You may start the conversation now. Hello? How is it there? Everything is like locked down over here. Are you okay? Am I okay? Yeah. Done, it's bad. This sucks. My time is done and I'm wasting my life away in this freaking crap. I don't know what could happen. You know what I mean? I could freaking uh, go nuts. Oh my God. So I think next week we're going to see the repercussions of that. I'm just excited for this season in general. I think we're going to get a lot of layers. Yeah. And speaking of layers, we're going to get a lot of uh, weave pulling at some point. (laughs) I I think we know who it is. There's only one real blonde bombshell on the show. And I talked to her recently about it. (laughs) That interview's coming out in a couple of weeks. I absolutely cannot wait for BravoCon. Oh, the glitz of Countess Luann's show, the glamour of seeing Erica Jane in real life. The event is going to be nothing short of fabulous. You know what else just became more fabulous? What? Cheryl's She Shed. Thanks to State Farm. Be like Cheryl and protect your She Shed, home, apartment, car, and more, including all of your favorite Bravo valuables. Yes, we're talking about things like Lisa Renna's bunny, Andy Cohen's diaries, and Sir's goat cheese balls, because we know you're obsessed with them. Let's face it. We know life loves to throw unexpected events your way. Why not make sure even your largest investments are protected with State Farm Homeowners Insurance? Talk to an agent today at 1-800-STATE-FARM. Or if you're like me and hate picking up the phone, head online or download the State Farm app. Whether you talk in person, by phone, or through the app, State Farm is there. Or contact your local State Farm agent. State Farm has over 19,000 agents nationwide, and they're all looking to protect what matters most to their customers. I got to interview Real Housewives of Orange County's Bronwyn Wyndham Burke. Her daughter Rowan was in the room with her, but that didn't stop her from revealing which child is her favorite. I couldn't help but ask. She also talks about Kelly and Gina's comments about her on BravoTV.com's after show, who she isn't friends with currently, and clears up a common misconception about her family. Plus, she shares her thoughts on the upcoming reunion. Here's that interview. Welcome, Bronwyn, your Uh, first time on the Daily Dish podcast. I am so excited. I love season one Housewives. You guys are so nice, your first season. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm going to stay nice the whole time. I hope. Oh, that's the dream. Yeah, I just, because I am nice. Right. I just, that's just who you are. Just who I am. You have seven kids. I do. I have seven kids. I have one here with me today. My second kid, Rowan. Rowan, please earmuffs for a second. Which one's your favorite? No, that depends on the day. Right. It used to be Jacob pretty much mm. all the time, but she's really coming in hot right now. Okay. She's been like my best friend lately. Yes, we hang out all the time. We work out. Caden is one of my easiest kids. The baby's just cute because she's a baby. Right. I definitely like Bella's hard, Coa's hard, <laughs> Ern's hard. So the, yeah, but it changes. It definitely changes. Right. All right. I like that you were honest. I hate when parents are like, oh, I love them all the same. Like, there's no way. Yeah, that's one of the things you'll find the whole season is I have no filter and I say everything that comes into my head, even if I shouldn't. 
I know. That's what I love about <laughs> you so far. I mean, honestly, you have been such a breath of fresh air in terms of like, yeah, you have this wholesome family situation, but like you still have a hot marriage. Yes. I wouldn't say our family is wholesome. Our family is very large, but you know, my kids go to a very progressive school. A lot of their friends are, you know, are, are gay, are transgender. I love the fact that on the first day of school, my kid's teacher says, what's your pronoun? Mm. So my kids have grown up in a very, you know, open-minded family. My mom goes to Burning Man. We sort of were raised not to judge people. So I don't know if wholesome's the right word, but loving. We're definitely a big, loving, supportive family. Right. And of course, the topic of threesomes yes. comes up and sort of plays throughout this season. Sorry, Rowan. <laughs> no, it's okay. I came back from that trip. I'm like, hey guys, this is what happened. And they were like, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> when I when I heard you talk about it, I my first instinct was, first of all, that's that's cool. That's great that she's like talking about it so openly. Secondly, I bet that's just the tip of the iceberg. But then I watched the Real Housewives of Orange County after show on BravoTV.com and Kelly and Gina said they think that you made it up for attention. I know. And it's funny because, I mean, you can think whatever you want, especially because you only see the, the one side of me, and that's fine. And then I laughingly got a text messages from one of, like, our ex-girlfriends. It's like, oh, thanks for, like, you guys were so sweet on the show. I'm like, don't worry, I'll never say your name. She's like, oh, I know. So I have that saved for the reunion, just in writing. Because <laughs> I'm still friends with everyone. Like, we're not crazy. It's also just weird you would have to prove that fact and you, you know, know? that's the thing a lot of times I hear I've gotten off social media a lot because it really wasn't healthy for myself to read all these negative comments but every now and then people are like oh she's overacting she's trying too hard and I'm I'm very lucky I've had a lot of my girlfriends for 20 30 years and when they read those they're like it's crazy because that's who you are I am larger than life I'm very animated I have a lot of energy it's probably why I have seven kids right you know so there's a lot of people that think that I'm trying too hard or I'm lying or whatever. And the truth is, that's just not. I know. I mean, I will say that I always will tell fans, like, well, what's so-and-so like? What's so-and-so like? I'm like, they're exactly as you see them on TV. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if someone is brash and, like, hard on TV, they are in person, too. And if they're light and they're over the top, they probably are in person, too. And that's the thing is we film for a lot of hours. We get very close to our producers. So it's more like you're hanging out with your friends all day. It's not like... Like this situation, it's like, hi, everybody. But, you know, when they're in your home for that long, it becomes like a huge family. Yeah. And you, I at least forgot the cameras were there. Right. So what you see is who I am. And I think in my situation, people want to put us in a box. Large family. We've been together since we were teenagers. So they sort of had a preconceived notion of what that would be. And there are parts of us that are, are very, you know, wholesome, to use your word. But... You know, we're also crazy and we're fun. And my husband's my best friend. We don't lie to each other about anything. You know, we have been together for almost 25 years now. So, you know, it's, it is what it is. And you know, I think as, you know, as people get to know me, they'll realize like, okay, she's very outgoing. She's loud. I do like to be the center of attention. But doesn't everyone on a reality show? I mean, do shy right. people come on reality right. shows? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be pretty hard to get them to sign on the dotted line. And so it's like, you know, what you see is what you get. If you believe me or not, I don't really care. Right. I When I joined the show, I said, look, I can't go on it and filter myself. I will be miserable. So this is me, good or bad, take it or leave it. 
I'm here. Great. Now you came in and you're friends with Kelly and that's sort of how you were introduced to fans. And, right. you know, before we started recording, you were, you know, saying really nice things about Kelly. I want to know if your opinion has changed at all because you've clearly heard things that have happened this season from her side and from everyone else's side. Actually watching the show, was there anything that made you think, oh, that changes my perspective? No. Okay. I actually think the more I've gotten to know Kelly, the more I love her. Because I've gotten to see the other side of Kelly with my kids. And although it's not on TV a lot, when she's with my little kids especially, they love her. Like, Caden wants to marry her, you know? <laughs> so Kelly has this very beautiful, softer side when she's with Jolie. And I also, I think, some of the other castmates, but I have the privilege of being friends with her off the show. So we, I get to see her with her best friends, you know, her her friends that she's had for decades. And that really shows you the other side of Kelly, the one that's not being attacked on a TV show, the ones that's, you know, going to the beach and traveling and going out to dinner. So I think if anything, my opinion now that I've gotten to know Kelly is that she does have such a huge heart. Is there anyone that, you know, while the show was going on, you felt really close to, and then once filming stopped, you felt like, oh. Yes. Who? <laughs> I'm saving that for the reunion. But, um, yeah, there was one person in particular who I got really close to. And then we had someone that we work with, and she had written some things that were really unpleasant, that were basically mom-shaming me. Mm. And I never, I haven't talked about it um, to her because I just haven't really felt the need to until the reunion. But, you know, I don't think mom-shaming is cool in any way. I mean, I think you could say the name and still save what it is for the reunion. No. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. I'll just I'll just guess. I'll guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, did you and Gina ever connect? Well, watching I, right now, it doesn't seem like you know. Those are I I thought we did. I was actually surprised at some of the stuff that's come out because we started off rough. We had like a, a pretty big blow up, and then I thought we worked through it. And I've seen her since filming uh, stopped. We went to a birthday party. Or no, I'm sorry, an end of the summer party at Shannon's house. And, you know, it was the first time I'd seen her um, after all this stuff had happened this summer. And I gave her a huge hug. And I'm like, I you know, I'm so glad you're doing well. I thought we were okay. So I didn't really learn until the after show that she really just didn't jive with me. We are very two different people, though. I, I put everything out there. She keeps everything very close to the vest. Um... But, you know, one thing I like about Gina is that she, there's no BS with her. Yeah. You know, you know where you stand. She'll tell you like it is. So, I mean, I'm hopeful that, you know, the more time we spend together, we'll probably be able to work it out. I, I really do. I, I think our ways of communicating are very different and our, our ways of acting are very different, but not in a way that we can't get past. So aside from Kelly, who do you feel closest to? Tamara. Okay. That's good. Uh, yeah, no, Tamara, Tamara has definitely been even and this is since filming rap, Tamara has been the person I call twice a day. You know, when when all this stuff was going down the last couple of weeks <laughs> and Tamara and I were in the trenches together, you know. And she has been so kind. She's the kind of person that if you call her and she's in the middle of something, she'll walk out of the room to take my phone call. Um, she 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 texts back. I mean, she has really been like a like a big sister or a mentor or something. When you come on the show, I don't think people realize how little direction you're giving. You know, there's just not a lot uh, of, of given to you. You don't really know what you're doing. And Tamara has been so kind. And I, I really appreciate her so much right now. I don't think, I, I could not have gotten through the last few weeks without her. 
So process of elimination tells me we're now thinking of either Emily or Shannon. I love of- Shannon. Oh. I, I love Shannon. Shannon and I hang out. We live in the same town. I love her boyfriend. I mean, I go to her house for barbecues. Shannon and I are good. I, I love her daughters. Um, I think Stella is like a mini me. <laughs> Shannon's not so happy about that, I don't think. But I love, you know, I love. And like my daughter works with Adeline. You know, she helps on her campaign for her dark rabbit. So I spend a lot of time with Shannon and her kids. So it's Emily. I didn't say that. <laughs> um, You had a weaning party. I did. Which is like fun and different. I hope it takes off. <laughs> I think this needs to be a thing. I think all women, when they stop nursing, need to have this crazy, over-the-top, drunken, debaucherous night. Yeah. I was nursing for 18 years. I mean, I, I can't imagine. I, I, yeah, you shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you don't. Um, but I mean, I've literally been having babies since I was 22. I'm 41. And so I thought, hey, you know what? And, and the thing I think that it's hard for people to understand is, yes, this was a big, crazy party. But it was also a really hard part of my life to say, I'm not having any more kids. So we did IVF for the younger ones. We're out of embryos. So I was done having babies. And that was hard for me. I mean, like, I cried over that. I, I love being pregnant. I love having newborns. I love having children. So instead of being sad, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to have a huge party, go out with a bang. Nice. And I did. With, like, hot, topless bartenders that were Cirque du Soleil performers Two strippers. The two strippers. Now, the the bartenders were not strippers. Right. They were Cirque du Soleil performers. I just want to make that clear. Thank you for that distinction. Because they're, like, very amazing uh, artists. Right. So are strippers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so are strippers. <laughs> we see in the mid-season super tease the, the notion of, like, drinking coming up surrounding you. Yes. I was, like... Pretty much drunk the whole second season. It was a lot harder than I thought. I have a very great group of girlfriends in real life. I've always gotten along with women. And so to be thrown into this situation where there was a lot of tension and fighting, and I I didn't have the coping skills. I think you see in the beginning of the season, I am a runner. When things are hard, whether it's with my mom or my friends, I take off. And so I didn't deal with it well. So I just, I drank too much. When I would get nervous, I'd be like, I'll do it another shot. And I was really nervous the second half of the season because things started to get hard for me. You know, I, I wasn't always comfortable in my own skin. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I did. I definitely was drinking too much. We'd go out, especially in the group events. Not so much, I mean, obviously the scenes with my kids and stuff were fine. But when we would do these group parties, I'd be like, what's going to happen now? Right. <laughs> well, I just want to know, overall, glad you did it? I am so glad I did it. I mean, I will say I've had very high highs and very low lows, but for the most part, this has been one of the best experiences of my life. I am so grateful for this opportunity. I've been a stay-at-home mom for 19 years, and I joke about the fact that the songs at my gym haven't changed. I've been singing the same nursery rhymes, dancing in a circle. And so to get this opportunity to to travel, to meet new people, to go outside my comfort zone. And that that's something that I don't know if a lot of people realize is when you're on a show, it's like holding a mirror up to yourself. So I, I've started counseling after this. I've started therapy because I'm like, I don't want to run. I don't want to be this person that, you know, over talks or deflects. Like, 
I realize now a lot of things I need to work on. And that's kind of an amazing thing that no one thinks you get from a reality show. Right. And I've also, you know, I've talked about issues with my daughter with her OCD and eating disorder. And that was a game changer because the amount of people that wrote into me and said, thank you for talking about something that people don't talk about has been great. So there's a lot of good that comes from this. I mean, I know there's a lot of fighting and people kind of get wrapped up in that, but there is a really amazing element to this that does help people. Was there any moment where your husband was like, we should not have signed up for this? No. Good. No. I mean, Sean has been amazing this whole time. There's been moments where I've been in bed and he's, and I'm like, we shouldn't have. And he's like, suck it up. This is good. You know, like you love this. This is good for you. Get out of bed. But what caused that for you, for you to that, say that? That was social media. Yeah. That was like, I was on Twitter I was reading the Instagrams. And so he actually took my phone and changed my passwords. And he's like, you're not doing that today. Like, you're going to log off, enjoy your family. How much has your real life changed? Like, you still wake up and take the kids to school. You still have the same friends. You still go to the grocery store and the gym. Like, how much has your life changed? I'm like, you're right. It's exactly the same. I just get invited to better parties. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think, the people that, you know, are mean on social media, what what do you think they're getting wrong about you maybe? What are they misunderstanding? I think that we have had the same 1950s idealized idea of marriage and family for a very long time. And when you're on Instagram, a lot of my Instagram is these blush-toned perf- perfect families. And I'm not that, you know? I am sort of saying, "Hey, you can be your own type of family. You don't have to be the June Cleaver. You can have your own definition of what a happy marriage is. And that makes people uncomfortable. And I kind of feel like, you know, with a lot of things happening right now, we've always pushed the envelope. And I think gender and sexuality is sort of what we're pushing it against right now. And that makes people uncomfortable. Change makes people uncomfortable. You know, we kind of get stuck in this box of what is right and what's wrong. And I shook it up a little. And that makes people afraid. Yeah. I, I, very much commend you for that. Because even looking on Facebook, you know, when we post clips from the after show and the topic of your marriage comes up, it, it's alarming to me the people that are so against something that doesn't involve them. Yes. And I think once you meet Sean and I, you're like, wow, they're like the, they're best friends. They're happily married. It, whatever. And also keep in mind, like these are stories. These are nights. This isn't like a lifestyle. Like we're not swingers. I just want to put that out there. People think that like every now and then we'll have a crazy night. But the majority of our life is, you know, we're dance parents and, you know, we, we go to Taekwondo and <laughs> we're, we're probably watch more Netflix than you would imagine. Right. <laughs> That's what the condo is really for. <laughs> well, no, it's <laughs> actually not true. <laughs> Are you nervous for the reunion? I'm really nervous for the reunion. I mean, I have heard, I've, I have gotten to be friends with a lot of housewives from the other franchises just through social media and DMing and then meeting them in real life. And I have yet to meet one housewife on my cast or another that doesn't say it's the worst day of the year. <laughs> so if everyone agrees, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust them. Yeah, yeah I, I always go to the tapings. I'll be at this one. Um, it'll be rough. But I think you will pull through. You know, it's funny. I started the season so insecure and so nervous. And so I didn't feel like a member of the cast. I felt like a fan hanging out. I mean, it's comical when I first met Tamara. And she opens the door. And I'm like, 
you know? <laughs> and so, so I think, you know, you see the progression as it goes, especially I feel it in myself of being of like, of feeling like I don't belong to feeling equal with these women. And so I definitely think that'll come through in the reunion where mm-hmm. I'm not going to back down or shy, you know, I like who I like. I know what I, I know what I stand for now and I'm not as nervous to speak up about it. Good. Thank you so much for coming sure. on. This was great. <laughs> Good luck. Thank you. Real Housewives of Atlanta is okay. back. I had, I don't think I really had in my mind how many freaking babies are like here with us this season. Yeah. And pregnancies. Right. We've have Candy having a baby very, via surrogate. Mm-hmm. We have Eva pregnant with number three. Very pregnant. Portia and Kenya both have new little babies. And Shamia. And Shamia. Just so (laughs) many babies. I know. It's a lot. But that being said, these babies have brought Kenya and Portia together in a way that I don't think anyone could have expected. I got teary-eyed when Kenya was talking to Portia and started crying and was like, I have love for you and I just want you to know that. I know because I genuinely believed it. Yes, me too. I really do have love for you. I really do. And I want you to, to know that. And... I know I have made mistakes, but I can't think about the past. And I just got to think about where we are right now. Look at our baby girl. I know. That's exactly how I feel. And I'm like protective of our budding friendship. And first of all, Brooklyn is adorable. They both, both those babies. Like so beautiful. I mean, look at their parents. It makes sense. Okay, so going back though to the beginning of the episode, we get Kenya right off the bat. I'm like, so grateful we're back in her home. I mean, as soon as we got the exterior shot of her house, I was like, oh, I was like, Kenya, we're getting Kenya first. And it was just like so amazing. But we go from like Kenya and Brooklyn and cute baby, and we're glad Kenya's back to Portia, who is in real rough shape. Oh, I mean, you can see it on her face, even in her interviews. Like there is a deep, deep pain there. It just sucks because as fans, we watched the Portia special. Like, yeah the whole baby thing and they were so in love and so about each other. It just makes me really sad. Well, and at the beginning of the episode, we see that Pilar is two months old. So the baby special brought us right up until her birth. So all of this stuff with Dennis went down in that two month span. I mean, when the show starts it, it she says it's been only a few days since right. Dennis has moved out. But what's really crazy is we talked a lot about it during last season of Atlanta, during the baby special about Dennis's mom and sort of her position and the whole thing about like, they should be married. And what about a prenup and all of this stuff where she was kind of making it seem like Portia was the gold digger or Portia was the one who was going to like it all up. And it turns out that Dennis is the one who was unfaithful during the pregnancy. Oh, like what the hell? What is it about men cheating when women are pregnant? I don't know. I mean, it's not like I have a lot of examples to point to, (laughs) but Tristan and Chloe. Yeah, true. That's what I think about. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it could just go back to the very simple concept, once a cheater, always a cheater. And I think we saw a lot of warnings coming Porsche's way, coming Candy's way, coming everybody's way last season about Dennis. And... Not that they fell on deaf ears, because I think Portia kind of knew what she was getting into, but to actually then experience it when she's supposed to be having the most joyous time of her life of like having a baby, it really sucks. 
Okay. So at the old lady gang restaurant with Cynthia and Eva and Candy, and then a fan basically buys Candy a drink and then is like, oh, hey, I'm the person they say Dennis is cheating on Portia with. Right. But I, I've never even met him. Yeah. Actually, I kind of I saw you, so I feel like I should take an opportunity because I wanted to mention something to you. What's Can up? I sit down for a second? Sure. What's going on? I don't know if, like, You've been on the internet or heard anything or seen anything, but apparently there's this story out, and I'm this girl in a blog that's supposedly a mistress to Portia's fiance. Talk about you. I'm the mistress. Which, first of all, as a fan, you should know Candy doesn't drink, and she's not going to drink that margarita. It was a lemon drop. <laughs> oh, was it? Is that what it was? <laughs> well, whatever. Either way, Candy doesn't drink. But also, like, there was something so interesting about that because. Like, who are you? Because also, like, this was on... Had on makeup. As she was ready. First of all, she was also very pretty. And then second of all, like, she seemed ready to give that information up, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, because it was good information. But, you know, why are you giving it to Candy and Cynthia and Eva? And they're all like, well, have you reached out to Portia? And she's like, no. It's just so funny because I don't come from this mindset of, like, what's someone's angle. Like, I just take things for <laughs> right. face value. But right. isn't funny that when Kenya, at the end of the episode, was giving Portia this information, Portia's like, oh, she just happened to be at Candy's restaurant? Right. And I was like, I didn't even think about that. I know. Well, and then and even the fact of it being good news wasn't really true because Portia's Portia like, knew it wasn't her. It wasn't that girl. It does not make me feel better that this sincerely girl is not messing with Dennis because in actuality, it was with somebody else. It's really tough. I mean, I, I, I don't know. The other thing that I thought was really crazy about this is I remember when all these rumors came out about Dennis here in the office, we were like, did you hear that it was bestiality and like none of us could really believe it we were like that that's can't just be so right. outrageous it's so outrageous but i really didn't think they were going to address it on the show and then they did and then they did but they were like you know what let's get it out there and get it out of the way because otherwise there's just going to be speculation through the rest of the season that that's what dennis was doing and here's my thing rarely do i think stories are fabricated out of thin air mm -hmm. like even i was reading to me moore's um autobiography and she's like, look, when gossip columns post things, they get a lot of stuff wrong, but they actually get a lot of stuff right. Like yeah. they get enough right that you know someone has, someone in your camp has leaked it. Right. So what is the truth that would lead to this rumor? I mean, the bestiality rumor? Yes. I don't know. I mean- that's there was, disturbing. It's disturbing, but there was that weird moment with the editing, too, that was like a wink at it because he said something like awkward about doggy style, the tail, and then it cut to him looking like really kind of weird and creepy. I so, know. I mean, who's to say? I don't know how these things come up or happen or whatever. You like this? Yeah. That one got the tail on it, too. <laughs> Why are you always looking for the tail? Lastly, for Atlanta, Cynthia, all up in the Mike Hill, the chill. She wants to be engaged. She wears a dress, a wedding dress to the Barbie party. When Kenya is the voice of reason and telling you that you need to chill. When Kenya <laughs> is telling you, you need to stop trying to get a proposal. Yeah, like that's when you know, like you need to listen. Yes. And you need to take that and you need to move forward with that understanding. Also, what's the point at this point 
in her life. Well, I, it's, le- it's less for me. Like, what's the point? And like, why are you so hung up on it? You know, like, why don't, why not? Like to, can you just point, just like, let it happen when it happens or if it happens, like what is, yeah. they're not even living in the same exactly. city. So it's just kind of like, there are a lot of other logistics I think that need to be worked out before you kind of commit. And Kenya is the best person to speak on it because she and Mark are still doing this long distance thing and they are married and they have a baby together. So it's sort of like Kenya knows that there's no need to rush this because I think Kenya's feeling it firsthand how hard it can be. It's also this thing where I've heard that women forget what childbirth is like. Like your brain sort of blocks out how painful it is so that you're able to have another kid and another kid. And I feel like that's kind of what's happened with Cynthia because I'm like, do you remember that you've gotten married on this show? Yeah. it did not turn out so well. Yeah. You know, yeah. why are you so eager to jump back into that? Maybe it's more so that she just wants to lock Mike Hill down. Like she knows she found a good guy. I still say she she should go back to Peter. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love wasn't Peter. expecting that. <laughs> I think she should go back to Noelle's father. That's true. I agree with that. He is so good looking. We also got a little glimpse of Noelle this episode. She was looking like Nicki Minaj in that like pink Barbie get up. I love her. How was Nini not in this episode? Okay, I literally don't know. And after the episode last night, I was on Twitter and I saw that Nini was on a retweet spree. Like she was pissed. No, she wasn't pissed, but I think she was just acknowledging that she wasn't there and she was retweeting fans who were like, where is Queen Nini? Like, where is Marlo? Like, Queens of Atlanta or whatever. And like, honestly, I had to unfollow her on Twitter because it was like so much. But I mean, it was really kind of shocking. Like by the end of the episode when she hadn't shown up yet, I was like, okay, that's a little crazy. Because going into it, I thought maybe we weren't going to get Kenya right off the bat. Right. Because she's returning and Nini is, you know, was on last season. But yeah, I mean, I don't know... I mean, obviously she wasn't going to show up to Kenya's party, so she wasn't going to be at that event, but like nothing at all in this episode. I think it's also one of those things where, you know, some seasons you're like, what is this person, what's really going on even in this person's life right now? Yeah. Everyone has so much going on in their lives. I feel like it's hard. It, it was hard to fit everything into this episode. Definitely. And well, to that point too, Nini is kind of the only one who's, really going through something very different than the rest of these women. Like you said, there's all these new babies, you know, Cynthia's in this new relationship talking about engagement. They're all in a very different place than Nini in her life and in her relationship. So maybe it was just like that, that was Nini just like taking a step back and being like, I'm gonna let these ladies do their happy joy, joy, (laughs) baby parties and whatever. And like, I'm back here with Greg. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash 
Wondery. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I got the chance to sit down with Married to Medicine's Toya Bush-Harris, and she talked about Jocelyn Hernandez, what the vibe was like at that revival dinner, and Mariah's breakdown afterwards. Plus, she reveals some of her girl crushes, and spoiler alert, we have similar ones. Let's take a listen. We are here with Toya Bush-Harris from Married to Medicine. Hi, Toya. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? How's I New York can, treating I you? I cannot complain. I love New York. I just told Tony, I was like, I got to get a picture crossing the street. <laughs> you know, that's like the thing to do now. And everybody's Instagram, it's like a picture coming from below. Uh-huh. And you look really long, and, you know, and you're just in the New York street. Yes. So you, I got to get that. You need a yellow stuff. cab in the background, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. The NBC building works. Right. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so you did watch What Happens Live last night. Yeah. You uh, were asked about Jocelyn Hernandez, and I believe you said she is not relevant. She is not. Not on our show. I <laughs> okay, mean, fair. Well, actually, she's not any, on her show either. So I don't know where she's relevant, but, I mean, just in the TV world, you know, I just right. just wasn't a factor for me at that moment, you yeah. know. And she was bringing up things that, you know, had happened, you know, a couple of years ago, and me and Eugene felt like we had learned from them, and I was just like, you know, did this girl Google me? Like, what is right? Like, you know, what is was there a conversation between her and Buffy? I didn't know what had happened. Well, Doctor Heavenly, I think when she was on Watch What Happens Live, had said she thought it was a setup. Yeah. So, do you agree? I mean, a setup by who? You know, I, know. I mean, yeah, you know, that's kind of that's where I'm at right now because I'm like, the more I got to know Buffy, the more I realized that Buffy was actually a really nice person. Yeah, you know, but I do know friends, and so I know when you have a really good friend, sometimes they want your parties to be high energy and fun. And again, I will attest, she, when she came in, Miss Joss, she literally laid out on the back of the couch and stretched her leg, licked her lips, <laughs> and we was like, what the heck is going on? It was right. like a whole It was a performance. Thing. Right. Yeah. And so we were like, okay. So we knew something was going to happen, you know, and I just happened to, I guess, you know, give a little bit more than what Jack, cause she even started with Jackie right. first and Jackie just kind of looked at her like she didn't understand English. <laughs> and so I was like, I should have did the same thing. Jackie didn't just was like, you know, yeah, she came right for you. She did. Let's talk a little bit about the sip and paint party. Oh, you mean so, painting penises? Oh yes. So I <laughs> thought it was a great idea, but I know that after the fact, some of the husbands found out and I think, you know, some of the women then maybe changed their tune on how they felt about it. You know, it's funny that, you know, people tend to change their tune after the fact. Right. You know, I mean, during, they were loving it. You know, yeah. And then they get home and they, you know, they're reminded that they're married. And it's like, but here's the deal. There was nothing done at this party by the married women that was disrespectful. Right. Everything that was a little bit off limits, like the silking the man up with a little, little what was it, a baby oil at the time, I believe. Yeah. You know, was putting sparkles on there different parts of their body. <laughs> all that was done by the single ladies in the exactly, room. Exactly. Yes. Outside of that, all we did was paint. Paint. Right. 
And you know, we had we had we just so happened to have some models who didn't mind giving you up close and personal. Yeah. Where did you get the idea for the party? You know, I honestly did not want a party because I was like, yeah, I'm just down the mood. And then they were like, well, so, you know, every year you throw a party. You got to do something for your birthday. And I was like, oh. And so I was like, you know, I, I've never done a, a sip and paint. Yeah. You know, I said, but I just can't imagine painting flowers. You know, it just reminded me back like second grade. Right. And so they were like, well, you don't have to paint flowers. You can paint, you know, mints. So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, My mother-in-law does that all the time. You know, she goes and she paints, you know, yeah. David Gwynn. She makes even, you know, naked figures. So I was like, I can do this. <laughs> and then when I got there, they were like, well, we don't just stand. And we like, move. I was like, you you don't? Well, how else are we supposed to? And they're like, oh, no, no, we get up and look. And he started demonstrating. He said he plants his bottom on the table. Yep. He opens his legs. And I was like, yes, God. <laughs> All right, well, well, let me just get a couple more cocktails. You know, yeah. I had to make sure the bar was fully stopped. But it seemed then like it was a real party. Right. You know, I why mean, does that have to be bachelorette? I know. I mean, I loved it. I thought it was a great party. Me too. <laughs> I did. Let's talk a little bit about the house you mentioned. So when you guys go to Savannah, you talk about how you're in your new home. Mm -hmm. So how's it going? Oh, my gosh. You know, to be honest with you, it is amazing. Like, now it's comfortable. Um, it's it's the perfect size. I'm actually begging him to finish a room for me literally before Christmas. Because I had one more room in the basement that I kind of closed off. But I need it now. You yeah. Because my family and... Well, I was just now more people want to come and visit. Of, of course. course. And, you know, honestly, it just it's, it's the perfect size. You know, we our kids run around. They love it. They're proud of it. And he's proud of it. My husband, when I talked to him last night, he was sitting outside watching his little TV. And, you know, you just, I feel like, you know, we're back in the kitchen, him and I, because we kind of shied away from even cooking together. Now we're, like, both in the kitchen doing our thing. Yeah. So it just, it's brought so many great memories, and we haven't even been there a year yet. There was a little shade on the bus, I think, about your home. What, it came from Dr. Heavenly? Yeah, I don't, you know, I really and truly, I was saddened by that. When she yeah. said, you know, well, it's not a big deal. Because for us, it was like, you know, we had went through so much. Um, and it was a really bad place where we were, you know, trying yeah. to build our life back up, trying to save, try, having to move from house to house. And then you're doing it with children. And I felt like my friends were supposed to be there cheering me on. And I just felt like with her, there was no cheering there was more yeah. of a you know well you know whatever it's just a house you know right. and she had told that you know told me that before and I was like are you serious and you know and then she like laughed it off but I didn't realize she was really serious until she you know stated it again yeah and I was like oh okay well maybe there's something to it yeah well I think you clapped back with a little bit of like uh well, I mean, well, your I, house you know, well, I, you know, I, look here I am not the person <laughs> to sit here and to compare house to house right that wasn't the scenario. I think what I was trying to let her know was, you know, she makes it as if it's not a big deal, but that is a huge deal and yeah. accomplishment for many people. Not everybody are, you know, when Eugene first became a physician, our first house was not in the millions, let's be clear. Yeah. It was under six, you know, and some people's is under three, you know, 100,000. And so at the end of the day, you know, the, when you build up the ladder and you get to a place where you can afford certain things and put certain things down and the bank actually says approve. Yeah. Okay. They actually say approve. <laughs> right. All right. And you at closing and you actually leave with a key. Let's be clear. Yeah. It's a big deal. That's so, something to celebrate. I agree. And you want your friends to support you. I get that. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the revival dinner. So it seemed like everything was going pretty well at first. There was the discussion of the new girl codes mm -hmm. and all of that. So what was the vibe in the room as Jackie was kind of going around reading the rules? Did it feel positive? You know, when we first got there, we were like, oh, this is a beautiful place. Um, 
you know, and we all were in white. So it was, it was supposed to be like this nice, uplifting moment. And she gave us these scrolls. And they were very, okay, they had like burnt on the end. Yeah. So we were thinking, oh, this is, you know, this is a typical Jackie moment. Well, we'll write down, you know, some things that we, you know, areas of growth for us ladies. Right. You know, and she was, you know, so we were like, you know, this, this is good. It was positive. Yeah. You know, we thought we were going to leave on a positive note. Really and truly we did. You know, but I think there was so much pent up energy that from the bus, from the house yeah. to the restaurant, that people just got to a point where they couldn't take it anymore. Right. You know, and then we realized we were about to really sleep together, too. It was like, oh, right. No, you didn't notice that, right? So before you go back to the bus, though, you get a chance to talk to Quad really quickly. So what was going through your mind when she was still being very sort of steadfast in her allegations? You know, it was typical Quad for me. And, you know, it was not surprising because that's why I told her, I said, you know, you need to be prepared that, you know, this is not a scenario where we're just going to go back and forth and you know, have a little battle of, you know, you said this, she said yeah. that, and then, you know, the group is gonna, just going to take sides. We're not doing that anymore. You know, we are really and truly now, I'm asking people, hey, what do you want to do to prove your point? You know, because at this point, you want us to believe you, but you're going to have to do a little bit more than that. And when Mariah agreed to go and do the test, it was really funny because I was shocked when she said it. She's yeah. like, where can I sign up? Where can I go? It wasn't even her idea. I just happened to have mentioned it. To her on the phone and she was like i've never heard of that and i'm like you never heard of a hair follicle test girl why you know i was in the farm <laughs> they like they did that to me years ago yeah she saw, but she couldn't believe that they literally had took it from the front the middle to the back right and it was like this much it was like hair. a chunk yeah i couldn't believe it chunks of your hair and they literally cut from the follicle and they said as long as your hair is that's pretty much how many years they can go back yeah you know and so we were surprised and i was like okay girl i hope you're telling the truth because you know it's weed is included too right you know? so right. Well, yeah exactly <laughs> and she was like i don't smoke weed i don't do hookah I was like, okay. <laughs> right. well and then i think you offered up the results but then dr jackie didn't want to see them. Why do you think she refused to, to so see wait them? Wait you see this next episode. Okay. Because that's really where that comes into play. Yeah. You know, you know, we were having, we were sitting down. The ladies had um, had a little altercation because Simone was just, had finally said her piece and was like, look, I don't believe Mariah, you know, did drugs, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And so they get into this little spat. Mariah, half the ladies storm off. The other half stays at the table and it's like me, Heavenly Mariah, and just Jackie. Yeah. And I just said, you know what, Jackie, you know, Mariah would really like to show you, you know, some of the results just going forward so that you're not biased anymore. Yeah. And she was like, I don't want to see it. Interesting. And it was just so like, what? Like, what do you mean you don't want to see it? And at that moment, we were like confused because I, I, the Jackie I've known over the years would never have done that. Yeah. And I think that's where she coined this whole thing. It's a new Jackie. Right. It's a new day. Because mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know if I like this new Jackie. Because the old Jackie was more bad. You know, she she just was more level. Yeah. You know, and, and I think we need that in this group. Yeah. You know, we need that somebody that's going to be, you know, able to see both sides and bring us all together. Well, and you were really great. I think Mariah has a very emotional reaction on the bus ride home is kind of when all hell breaks loose. And then you get yeah. back to the place and, and Mariah is upset and she calls her husband and you were really there to comfort her. So, yeah. I mean... In terms of girl code, like, I feel like you were the only one who kind of pulled through for Mariah. You know, I've always been that girl who's always wanted to make sure that whatever I do, I, I basically want them to do the same with me. Yeah. You know, and if I'm in a really dark or bad place, I just don't want to have to go find my friends. Right. I want my friends to come find me. 
And, you know, when Mariah, they didn't even show, I mean, it was too much. The, from the, We literally argued the whole bus ride home yeah. and then argued all the way up to the porch. And it got even worse on the porch. It was terrible. And everyone was like, we got to be was, quiet. It was absolutely terrible. And right. I think yeah. that was at that point, that was them telling us, please be quiet. We were about to get kicked out of the house. I mean, and, you know, that's when we realized, oh, my God, we, we have no key. We can't get in. <laughs> and we're like, are you kidding me? You know, and so yeah. it was even worse. So we get inside, you know, and Mariah goes to the room, and I'm like, and I walk in the room, and she's so upset. You could tell she was torn. I mean, she was, she had the ugly cry. Yeah. I told her, I said, you know, the ugly cry is serious. Like, right. you know, because we don't typically like to show the ugly cry. You know, we, you know, you can be upset and hurt. And, and most women, they, they clap back in a way where it's like, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, give a little shady response. Yeah. But she was done. Right. There was no more shady. That was rough. She didn't have it. Well, let's end on a more positive note. So at the following day, you guys go to the mask party, and you and Dr. Contessa, I think, talk about girl crushes, some of Dr. Contessa's girl crushes. Uh -huh. Who are some of your girl crushes? I mean, I've always had the same crush. I, I really am a, I love Alicia Keys. Mm -hmm. like, it's something about her demeanor, you know, that just, like, and to be honest with you, I, she, her, her voice was, you know, was a small part. To be honest, it was yeah, yeah, wow. it was just that she was like that tomboy, mm -hmm. you know. She, you know, she did, and I love now even now that she's not even pressed to put on makeup. She's yeah. just like, yeah, right. you know, when I feel like it, yeah, you know, I love that she's just doing her, being herself, and you know, it's it's hard to see her not really out here, like, because I feel like she deserves just as much spotlight as everybody else. You I know, agree. the Beyonces, the Rihannas, hell yeah, you know, <laughs> those are my girl crushes. The yeah. ones you just named. I mean, Rihanna could definitely be a girl crush. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Sure. Hell yeah. Well, thank you so much, Troy, for coming in. Thank we appreciate you. it. Thank you for having me. Of course. Anytime. Okay. So we finally get to see Leanne walk down the aisle mm -hmm. and her mom is there. Thank goodness. Showed up in time. 1.59 p.m. She took her seat. Wedding started at 2. Yeah. <laughs> Better I, late than never. You know, I, I loved the vows that she and Rich exchanged. I thought they were so sweet, but it was kind of... I don't know, hard to watch Leanne saying as a child, I never felt loved, and then it pans to her mom. I know. When I was a child, I never really felt loved, wanted, or accepted. When I met you, you made me feel all of those things. That was tough to watch because I really love the vows too. I love a little humor. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very who Leanne and Rich are and like the nod to like the eye and the eyes or whatever. Cause he's yeah. got the, you know, all of that was like really great, but we even saw like at the end of the ceremony, it cuts to her mom talking to the family and her mom's just like, I wish she would not say that she wasn't loved because she was loved. But I guess it's more so that like Leanne didn't feel that way. Right. But it did feel like in terms of the vows, you know, like I understood what she was saying, but it was like a little heavy. Yeah. For a joyous moment. Yes. I just respect the hell out of them going to Sonic afterward. I know. What a delight. I mean, she got like hot dogs, she got corn dogs. I love too that Rich was like, you're not eating this in the car. And she was like, no, let me do it. Let me do it. I won't get it on my dress. He's like, I don't care about your dress. He's like, you're not getting it in this car. This is a <laughs> rental car that we have to return. It's a Bentley that we're not going to pay to detail later. Right. <laughs> no, we're not eating in the car. I just want a corn nope, dog. Nope, nope, not I in the car. I won't even use mustard. Nope, not in the car. Please, can I have the corn dog? No, not Please, the car. I'll eat on my dress. I won't make any messes. Please, I'm not worried about your dress. Please. I'm worried about the car. Can I have corn dog, please? 
So they take their break. They go check into their hotel. They eat their corn dogs. We get an outfit change. Yeah, I loved the outfit change. Me too. I thought that was really cool. And I love an outfit change. I mean, we saw Eva on Atlanta last season have like one too many outfit changes. Totally. And it caused a lot of stress leading up to the wedding. But it seems like Leanne pulled off the the outfit change and the hair change too. She's got a whole new hair look too. Yeah. So I liked that. Uh, not in attendance, Deandra. Well, she wasn't invited. I know, but I'm saying she was not in attendance. So she and Jeremy stayed home and had this like cook-off event. Yeah, the cook-off seemed fun. I thought it was cute. The only note that I had, and this is coming as like a Bravo employee, when she was like, it's like our own Chopped. I was like, couldn't we have plugged Top Chef with that? (laughs) (laughs) Like, couldn't the producer have been like, actually, can you say that? But like say Top Chef instead, you know, come on. Top Chef is coming back next year. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, I thought it was really cute. I love the point system. I love that they prepared like different meals and just like I thought it was a really cute moment. Yeah. I like that we're seeing a little bit more of that side of Deandra, especially knowing that so much of her story is like the business and Mama D and just like how tough that is on her. So it was nice to see her sort of kick back and relax and have fun. Totally. Also, the fact that they were competing against each other, but she kept being like, can you get me the spatula? Like, I I need a whisk. What about garlic? (laughs) He's like, we're competing. Okay, wait. One thing that I thought was really, really funny. Stephanie mentions in her interview that for Travis's birthday, I think it is, that he wanted like John Legend to perform and he had asked her to slide into John Legend's DMs. And she was like, oh my God, I could never, never do that. Travis wanted me to private message John Legend to see if he would come and sing for his birthday. And I'm like, I cannot. First of all, I don't know John Legend. Second of all, that is insane. That's stalkerish. But just this week, we also saw the flashback of Kenya on Atlanta calling Kim out for like whoring out her daughter for John Legend tickets. Right. Kim was not above it. (laughs) Not at all. I was like, Stephanie, you need to take a lesson from Kim Zolciak on this one. (laughs) Should we talk about the wedding reception? Yes. So it starts at eight hours after the ceremony. Yep. Um, I loved the decor. Mm -hmm. It's very, you know, it was, it wasn't so wedding-y. Yeah. It was like a fun party. Right. Which I appreciated. Kind of like a, like a circus rave gay nightclub right but you know last episode we did wonder is there going to be food because in the next on it seemed like there wasn't yes and it seems like there wasn't any food there was like a meat tray a little bit of cheese they did run out of water at the bar so they had to go to the bathroom for some water but i think the alcohol was still flowing yes lots of alcohol (laughs) no one is contesting that but yeah, even the housewives were a little bit like, uh, you have to feed people after a certain time. Right. Well, I mean, the etiquette queen, Cameron, was sort of like, if you're going to have a party after 8, you got to feed people. If you're going to have a party after 7 p.m., you're required to serve a meal. But I think, you know, the time in between, you know, Leanne and Rich, they stopped at Sonic. So that gave everybody else time to stop at Sonic if they really wanted to. So Brandy is also still dealing with do we adopt Bruin's new sibling that's coming? Right. Based on the conversation she has with Brian at the restaurant with Bruin, like throwing things everywhere. She's like very hungover and like feels like she's about to fall asleep. Feels like maybe now is not the time to add another child to the mix. I know, but what a tough decision to say no on. I know. Because you're really then just putting it to chance that the right family is going to adopt 
the relative of your baby. Right. I mean, it's tough, but I think Brian's point is that he was the oldest child in his family growing up. And he says he often felt a bit overlooked or, you know, neglected by his parents because they were so focused on the babies. And I think he was trying to drill home the point to Brandy that that's a little bit like what Brooklyn's going through right now. And so adding another baby to the mix might only make that situation worse. So it's it's sort of like thinking about the family you already have versus the family that you could have. But still, that's just like a tough decision to make. Right. What do you think about Carrie and Eduardo and this whole dinner conversation that we end up seeing? I feel like I've had that tense moment. I mean, just where someone says something that rubs you the wrong way and there's no going back. Like you just know the night's ruined. Yeah. And that kind of happened for them. Well, it's also, I'm trying to figure out their dynamic because we hear a lot of what Carrie has to say about the relationship. And it seems to me a little bit like she's controlling the narrative Mm -hmm. in a certain way. And then Eduardo maybe is a little blindsided by what she brings up to him. Right. Like, I I wonder if they're having these conversations separately. You know, when you think of like Orange County, for example, and, you know, Emily and Shane, like it seems like Shane gets really uncomfortable when he's on camera. He doesn't like to have serious conversations, but like you kind of can tell that there's a lot going on in their relationship and they've had these conversations over and over and over. But sometimes I feel like Eduardo just like doesn't know how to handle it. And they've been together for so long. Yeah. I think it's also like when you expect someone to react a certain way, you're putting this expectation on them that they have no idea about. Yeah. I don't know. It's tricky because... It seems tense. Yeah, it seems very tense. And, you know, it seems like Carrie keeps bringing it back to the point that, you know, he's in control of the finances. He's sort of the breadwinner. Her jewelry line is taking off soon and soon she'll have her own money. But it feels like she's a little bit blaming him for this when that's obviously been the structure of their relationship for so long that, you know, has she really built up all this resentment towards him and this is how it's coming out, you know, in these like awkward dinner conversations? I don't know. I feel like I'm still getting to know Carrie in a lot of ways. Yeah, I get that. She's excited about Thailand. We're I'm all, excited about we're Thailand. All excited. <laughs> Are we going to get a glimpse at like Travis's dad? Is he going to like show up on this trip? Yeah, that seems weird. Something seems very strange about that. Yeah. Rose and Thorn. Okay, let's do Rose and Thorn. What was your rose? So my rose is from Real Housewives of Orange County. We didn't get to talk about it this week, but I loved this episode and I thought that Shannon really impressed me because she hears from Kelly, oh, well, Tamara's been saying this and that about you. Mm -hmm. You're gaining weight again, da, da, da. And Shannon could have freaked out on Tamara, but instead decided to confront her face-to-face and talk it out. Yeah, yeah, she held back tears. That's called growth. Yeah. I appreciate it. Shannon storms with Dora one year ago would have been in tears, and I'm kind of fighting him back a little bit right now. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry anymore. I have too many good things going on in life, but it uh, it hurts to hear that someone looks like on a fairly regular basis is saying not so positive things about me. What was your rose? Well, I have two roses. 
because I would be remiss to not mention Ashton's lap dance on Below Deck. Right. I, I mean, come on. Yes, I knew you would appreciate that. <laughs> and he's coming into the office, so I might ask for like my own performance. Okay, okay. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Uh, but also, second rose is that it is finally coming to light on Orange County that Tamara's a little bit been the one behind all of these rumors. Mm. And I've said since day one of this season... Tamara's the pot stirrer, and you know what? Now everybody knows it. What was your thorn? My thorn was this date that Emily had with Shane on Real Housewives of Orange County. And Shane just being such a dick about the fact that she's trying desperately to lose weight. And you could choose to be a supportive partner in that moment, but instead you're like, no, no, half the bread. Let's order French fries. Here's the bread bowl. I'm not eating it. Put it right here. Right we'll tempt her all night long. All right. Like, that's not cool at all. No. I mean, that's not cool to do to anyone, especially your wife. Ugh. When he, like, wafts the bread towards her, yeah. I'm just like, that is the douchiest thing I've ever seen. I know. <laughs> I wonder if in his twisted mind he thinks... It would look bad for me to say, yeah, you should lose weight. So I'm going to go the opposite way with it. Oh, maybe, actually. <laughs> Which, like, we need a psychologist on this show to, like, analyze some of this shit because that could be very true. Right. Ugh. What was your thorn? Well, speaking of psychologists, my thorn was Abby's text message engagement. How... How do you even know that that's a serious proposal? Right. Because if that's a proposal, then I was engaged in high school and didn't <laughs> right. know it. Right. Like who, everyone in relationships is like, we should get married. You know what I mean? Or even like back in the day when I was like single forever and I would like tell my friends like, well, if we're both still single by like 40, we'll just like get married to each other. Like, LOL, that's funny. Like how many text messages like that have you sent in your life? Right. Come on. But she's like immediately like telling everyone like I'm engaged, like it's amazing. But like yeah. earlier on this season, we saw her cuddling with Ashton on the board. Weird, the, weird, know, weird, weird, weird. Next week, we have interviews with Margaret Josephs and Dolores Catania from Real Housewives of New Jersey. Eric BravoCon is coming. Oh, I'm so excited. If you can't make it to New York City, don't worry. The Bravo Digital team is bringing you all the good stuff from the biggest weekend of the year. To keep up with BravoCon, make sure to visit our live blog on bravotv.com slash bravocon slash live starting November 15th. We'll keep you up to date with everything you need to know in real time, including talent sightings, panel recaps, breaking news, fan costumes. You know someone is going to dress up like Erica Jane. It's probably you. <laughs> and so much more. Plus, we'll be doing a live episode of our show. That's right. Saturday, November 16th, we'll be taking the stage with Kenya Moore, Melissa Gorga, and Portia Williams. So be sure to visit bravotv.com slash bravocon slash live for all the updates during BravoCon weekend. And follow us on Instagram at Bravo Daily Dish. See you in New York. And remember, watching Bravo isn't a guilty pleasure. It's self-care. Guys, let's keep the conversation going. We want to talk to you all week long, not just Thursdays. You can find us on Instagram at Bravo Daily Dish. And on Twitter at Bravo TV. Just don't forget to use the hashtag Bravo Daily Dish. Or reach out to us personally. I'm everywhere at Meg Segura. 
And I'm everywhere at Eric J. Mack. That's E-R-I-K. And if you're on Facebook, join the Daily Dish Facebook group. You can post about what you're watching, your favorite shows, who's your favorite housewife. You can ask a question, start some drama. There's a lot of good stuff in there, so check it out. You can also learn more about the podcast at bravotv.com. Bye. The wait is over. So far, you're not losing. The only thing you're losing is my patience. Quickly, I see that. Ding! The queen of the courtroom is back. I didn't do anything. You wouldn't know the truth if it came up and slapped you in the face. I see he's not intimidated by anything. I can fix that. New cases. She wanted to fight me. Leave her alone. Okay, so, um... Not, this is not a so. This is a period. Classic Judy. Did you sleep with her? Yes, Your Honor. You married his cousin. His brother. That's not him. Yes, ma'am. I would make a beeline for the door. The Emmy Award-winning series returns. How did I know that? I have crystal ball in my head. It's an all-new season. It's streaming. You can say anything. <laughs> Judy Justice, only on Freebie. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front-row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.